the surface, vaccine or no vaccine, mask or no mask. And then he tweeted this, we need hashtag revival people. Hashtag church is not about you. It's about hashtag Jesus. Turn down the temperature. If you want to boil, boil for Jesus. I agree. Now, I know that we are in the midst of much divisiveness. And I'm going to tell you as your pastor that I believe that what we need in the church is believers to depend and rely on the mercy of God. If you want to get vaxxed, get vaxxed. If you don't, that's your decision. And we need to quit lying and believing that the vaccination is the cure-all. No, only God is the cure-all. Only through His mercy. We need to wake up to this reality. Instead of bickering and fighting with one another, we need to recognize what we need in this nation is the mercy of God. I'm sick and tired of what I'm hearing. Because the reality is both sides have arguments. The reality is that it's mask or no mask. We don't know. We really don't. I don't believe that even those in the scientific field understand everything going on with this. And we see it because they have vacillated back and forth on different opinions. But what I do know as a servant of the Lord is... That ultimately, our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And if there's anything we, the church, need to do, is do what God commands us to do. Humble ourselves and pray. Seek His face. Turn from our wicked ways. He says, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive your sin. Then will I heal your land. Church, we need to get back to who we are to be. CWC Life family and friends, I believe that the solution to the ills of our nation is revival. Is revival. The psalmist put it this way in Psalm 85, 6 and 7 in the New King James. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your mercy and grant us your salvation. Will you not, speaking to God, revive us, your people, again? Why? That your people may rejoice in you. But watch the connection between revival and mercy. For right after it says, show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I love what the Revival Study Bible points out in its footnote. Revival is the direct result of God's mercy. From the Hebrew word, chesed, is one of the most important words of the Old Testament, similar to the New Testament Greek word charis, for grace. This undeserved kindness and gracious love 
is extended to desperate, sincere people. And deliverance resulting from His mercy arises when God's people seek Him. It says the psalmist proclaims that revival obtained results in rejoicing. Again and again, God's people deserved God's anger. And again and again, they needed revival. The psalmist is pointing out that the only one that can revive us is God. And the only means for us to experience a genuine God-sent revival is His mercy. Not our merit. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But we can appeal to the one who is forever merciful. We can cry out to Him. And we can know that if we will sincerely cry out to Him, He will not leave us on our knees just crying out. He will pick us up from our knees standing upright in victory and power as He intervenes as we cry out to Him. Because of His mercy, because of His mercy, a young lady who occasionally walked through the park after work stopped to have her picture taken by a photographer on this particular day. She was very excited about her picture being taken. As she walked out of the park, she looked at the Polaroid picture in total amazement. She turned back to the cameraman, and when she got to where he was, she stated, This is not right. This is not right. You have done me no justice. The photographer looked at the picture and then looked at her and said, Miss, you don't need justice. What you need is mercy. (laughs) The fact of the matter is, if God dealt with us justly, none of us would be here today. That's why Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations stated, It is because of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Aren't you glad that God does not deal with us according to our sins, but rather according to His mercy? Because if it was according to our sins, we would all be chicharrones right now fried pork rinds but because he is merciful every morning when we wake up we are able to open our eyes and see the sun shining anew not because we earned it but because of his mercy I'm so glad that his mercy and his goodness follow me all the days of my life and when I feel down and out when I feel weak and weary when I feel like I'm missing the mark I don't have to give in to despair or distress or depression, I can call on the one who is the God of all mercy and he will revive my soul and get me back up again. Revival happens when we, God's people, cry out in sincere supplication to him. Vance Havner, a great old saint of God who is now with the Lord, defined revival simply when he said revival is the church falling in love with Jesus all over again revival is the church 
falling in love with Jesus all over again. What did the psalmist say? Will you not revive us again? What, what for? That your people may rejoice in you. What does revival produce in God's people? A delight in God and in God alone. You know why we need revival in America? Because we've put our hope in the pleasures of the world to bring the delight that only God can bring that results in ultimate fulfillment and satisfaction. The things of the world, the lust of the world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, those things will pass away and they'll leave you dissatisfied and frustrated. But when your delight is in God, you find a satisfaction, a fulfillment that doesn't come at night and then dissipates and disappears in the morning. It is a love. It is a peace. It is a joy that is permanent, that is enduring, that no matter what you go through in life, when you are filled with what God offers, it is a lasting thing. It is an enduring quality. That your people may rejoice in you. How do I know, Pastor, if I need revival in my life? Is God the delight of your life? Or are you settling for secondary pleasures to try to fulfill you? And as a result, finding yourself left empty. And then, it says that your people may rejoice or find their delight in you. Now, here's what we need to understand. Revival happens because of God's mercy being demonstrated and displayed toward His people as a result of them calling on Him. And then revival results in us once again Rejoicing, finding our delight in God. But the state of a revived soul depends on the level of my hunger. A.W. Tozer said this, There is considerable truth in the idea that revivals are born after midnight. For revivals or any other spiritual gifts and graces come only to those, watch this, who want them badly enough. It may be said without qualification that every man is as holy and as full of the Spirit as he wants to be. He may not be full as he wishes he were, but he is most certainly full as he wants to be. God wants to fill us to what degree? The psalmist said it. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. God doesn't want to fill my soul one-third of the way or halfway or two-thirds of the way. No, He wants to fill me to overflowing. 
But my infilling of what He offers is dependent on the level of my hunger and thirst for Him. That's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Why? For they shall be filled. Child of God, and you that are listening online, and those of you that yet have to, yet are not established in a relationship with God, I want you to understand that you can have as much of God as you hunger and thirst for. He is willing to fill you to the up degree but you've got to hunger. You've got to thirst. And when you come to God with a hungry and thirsty heart, He does not leave you disappointed. He fulfills you. He delights you. He immensely pours out upon you that for which you have come to Him for. Woo! And I love the psalmist as he's expressing is longing for God. In Psalm 42, 1 and 2, in the Passion Translation, we read this. I love the way it's expressed. I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. Watch this. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. My soul thirsts, pants, and longs for the living God. Watch this. I want to come and see the face of God. You see, revival happens because there's a people that go beyond seeking the hand of God to seeking the face of God. Seeking the hand of God is simply calling on Him to work, calling on Him to do, calling on Him to bless. But when you're seeking the face of God, it's because you want an intimate face-to-face encounter with Him. You want to know Him. You're not concerned about how much blessings you have for me, but rather your aim and your hunger and your thirst and your desire is, God, I want to know you more intimately. I want to know you more closely. I want to be able to have a face-to-face encounter with you because if I know you, then I will be fulfilled. Then I will find delight. Then I will find pleasure. Because as the psalmist said in Psalm 16, 11, in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let me say to you today, if you want to find yourself at a place in your life that regardless if circumstances are favorable or not, regardless if life is cherry or not, yet there's a joy and Speakable and full of glory, a peace that passes all understanding, a love that is enduring. The way you know that is when you're face to face with Him, when you're fellowshipping with Him, because in His presence, He fulfills you. In His presence, He comes to reveal to you His glory. And in His glory, what you, di- what you discover is there's nothing and no one that matches up to the Holy One. So I want to encourage you today, don't just cry out for Him to move. 
cry out to know Him. Because to know Him is to know life. Fulfillment. And then the psalmist says this in Psalm 63, 1-5. In the Passion, Psalm 63, 1-5. Oh God of my life. I'm lovesick for you in this weary wilderness. I thirst with the deepest longings to love you more. With cravings in my heart that can't be described. Such yearning grips my soul for you, my God. And I love this. I'm energized every time. I enter your heavenly sanctuary to seek more of your power and drink more of your glory. This is what I've discovered in my walk. The more I show up to seek Him, the more I show up in His presence, the more I'm energized. If I'm having a rough day, if I'm finding myself tired because of the trials of life, if I'm finding myself weary doing work for Him, I know where to go to be re-energized. All i got to do is get in His presence. Go to the secret place. Go to that place where I have that communion time with Him. Because as I commune with Him, what happens is I'm not filled with the pleasure that comes from temporary things. But instead, the Eternal One begins to pour in of me, of His essence, of His person, of His characteristics, of His attributes. As I'm in His presence, He renews me. That's why as I come out of His presence, I don't come out the way I went in because as I've waited on Him, He has filled me with strength. He has filled me with power. And they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. There's a transaction of transformation that happens when you go into His presence. You don't come out the same. And then he says, For your tender mercies mean more to me than life itself. How I love and praise you, God. And he says, Daily, daily I will worship you passionately and with all my heart. My arms will wave to you like banners of praise. I overflow with praise when I come before you. Watch this. For the anointing of your presence satisfies me like nothing else. Have you ever experienced God's power showing up as you're communing with Him? Have you ever experienced His anointing falling on you? It's like nothing else. His anointing, that burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. Then he says, you are such a rich banquet of pleasure to my soul. Revival is because of God's mercy. Revival results in us 
finding our delight in God alone. But the level of my revived soul experiencing His working is dependent on the level of my hunger and thirst for Him. Here's the good news. This is why I'm not one of those preachers who is declaring the judgment of God on the United States of America. I'm not one of those preachers that believes we're too far gone. No, as long as there's a remnant of people called by His name, willing to humble themselves, I believe His promise is still valid in 2021. And here's what Leonard Ravenhill says in his book that I read years ago, Why Revival Tarries. He says this, The man who can get believers to praying would, under God, usher in the greatest revival that the world has ever known. Watch that. In 1857, there was a 46-year-old man named Jeremiah Lamphere who lived in New York City. Jeremiah loved the Lord tremendously. But he didn't feel that he could do much for the Lord until he began to feel a burden for the lost and accepted an invitation from his church to be an inner city missionary. So in July of 1857... He started walking up and down the streets of New York, passing out tracts and talking to people about Jesus. But he wasn't having any success. Then God put it on his heart to try prayer. So he printed up a bunch of tracts and he passed them out to anyone and everyone he met. He invited anyone who wanted to to come to the third floor of the Old North Dutch Reformed Church on Wednesday from 12 to 1 to pray. He passed out hundreds and hundreds of flyers and put up posters everywhere he could. Wednesday came and at noon nobody showed up. So Jeremiah got on his knees and started praying. For 30 minutes he prayed by himself when finally Five other people walked in. The next week, 20 people came. The next week, between 30 and 40 people came. They then decided to meet every day from 12 to 1 to pray for the city. Before long, a few ministers started coming. And they said, we need to start this at our churches. Within six months... There were over 5,000 prayer groups meeting every day in New York. Soon, 
the word spread all over the country. Prayer meetings were started in Philadelphia, Detroit, and Washington, D.C. In fact, President Franklin Pierce started going almost every day to the noonday prayer meeting. By 1859, some 15,000 cities in America were having downtown prayer meetings every day at noon. And thousands were brought to Christ. The great thing about this revival is that there is not a famous preacher associated with it. It was all started by one man wanting to pray. See, only God can start a revival. And God is quite clear of what He expects before He will return to His people. He expects His people to express hunger and thirst for His righteousness. He expects people to seek first His kingdom above everything else. And when God finds a people that are willing to put their agenda aside, put their longings aside to seek Him above everything else, God's attention is not only drawn, but His intervention is executed on behalf of those people. You see, I have studied revival, and this is why my soul is filled with anticipation that even in these days in which people are saying America has gone too far, I have read throughout history people saying that of America in times past, and yet because there was a people throughout history that did not give in to what the naysayers were prognosticating, but instead got on their knees to plead to the God of mercy. God responded to their cry, and He brought about revival. And I believe that the God of yesteryear is still the same God of this year, and He's still all-powerful, and He can still send fire from heaven that will bring about a revival that will refine and purify But I want to challenge you. In the words of Jordan Easley, don't be satisfied with revival being around you. Ask Jesus to let revival be within you. Don't be satisfied with, oh, I felt something. No. Press in until what you feel works in you. The change that only God can produce. Gypsy Smith, a British evangelist during the late 19th century and early 20th century, said the way to have a revival is to draw a circle around yourself. Get down on your knees and pray. Lord, send revival and let it start in this circle. You want 
what God is serving, then you get down before God and say, start with me. Work in me. What is revival? Revival is a church falling in love with Jesus all over again. Revival is the church falling in love with Jesus all over again, where nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Let me help you. As you're driving to work tomorrow, don't go to the news station. Put on worship music and worship. When you get up in the morning, don't go to Facebook. Don't go to Instagram. Don't go to TikTok. (laughs) Go to the Bible app. Open up your word. Renew your mind. And then spend time in his presence and ask him will you not revive me again that I Angel Minchak will find my delight in you alone that my pleasure would be to be in your presence Heavenly Father, I come. I come to you, the Almighty One. I come to you, the One who has said clearly, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. O God, we humble ourselves to pray. Prayer is humbling because it reminds us that we are acknowledging we need help outside of ourselves. I'm not ashamed to tell you, Papa. We need your help in our nation. We need your help at CWC Life CV. We need your help in Tulare County. In Fresno County. We need your help in our state of California. We need your intervention. You alone can bring about the change that is needed so that righteousness can be restored to this state. You alone can bring about the change that is needed for righteousness to roll throughout this nation. It is your word that states righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people.
Oh God, I pray for us, your people. Lead us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Oh, revive us again that, Lord, we would have hearts that are set to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Revive us, your people, again, that the hearts of parents would be turned to their children, the hearts of children unto their parents. Lord, revive us again that both leadership and laity would choose faith over fear. choose to trust you in uncertain times instead of allowing the spirit of fear to paralyze us to keep us hostage in a state of panic that we would choose to live our days walking in faith and fulfilling what you've called us to do as your people us, your people, again. I'm going to open up this altar right now for those of you that would say, Pastor, I want revival in me. I want it to start in me. I need God to revive my soul. You come. Come forward. This altar's open. As P.W. sings this song, I just want you to spend time in His presence because revival happens in His presence. Our God is a consuming fire. And as we're in His presence, His fire comes to consume what is not of Him and to ignite what is of Him. Lord, You said in Your Word, Your Word says it, draw near to God. He will draw near to you.